Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed co-host for the last uh, 16 years is here, and you know between Kathy and I, we've helped uh, thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10 percent. As you know, both Kathy and I are executive coaches, we're authors, we're speakers, we're thought leaders on emotional intelligence, strategy, and peak performance. And we've really been focusing this year around top performers, uh, the idea of what is emotional brilliance, the title of our new book, which is on. Amazon, and also you can get it on uh, Audible. But also, uh, today we want to highlight some of the things that are in the book with what we've all seen now as the slap. You know, the Will Smith slap at the Academy uh, um, for the Oscars. And the title of today's show is uh, The Slap, Why Emotions Matter, and using the name process, NAME, we'll go through that. It's one of the tools that we have uh, in the book. And just highlight um, that experience that we've all seen. As a matter of fact, 16 million people watched the Academy Awards on March 27th. And so we just want to deconstruct that for you. And, Kathy, welcome. Well, thank you, Riley. Great to be here. Uh, just wanted to uh, let you know that I am coming to you live today uh, from my boat. So if there's some background noise, I apologize in advance, but we're going to have a great show. We're going to talk about one of our favorite subjects, uh, which is uh, how to uh, hopefully become more emotionally brilliant. So, uh, really, I'm excited to talk about this Psychology right. Today blog post that you did. Good, good, good. Yeah, some of this is on a, a Psychology Today blog that uh, Kathy just mentioned. But there's been <clears throat> plenty of articles. There's only been a couple weeks now. We saw Will Smith lose it, and we saw Chris Rock stay calm and professional. So we want to be able to kind of deconstruct, unpack some of the learnings, and highlight some of the elements that you can use to prevent you uh, losing it and what are the negative consequences that may follow. I think for Will Smith, he's been banned from the Academy of Music for the next 10 years. And we're also going to explore what are some of the things that you can do to prevent uh, getting hijacked. We'll explain the hijacked. So we're calling these as these kind of first aid prevention tools. Many of these are in our book that Kathy and I co-authored, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Stressless, Fearless uh, Life. In there today, we're going to talk a little bit about the name process. And then one of our favorite tools, the emotional audit, and a little bit about do you know your triggers, and are there some uh, recharging rituals that we like? Like I mentioned, both Kathy and I are executive coaches working in organizations. Uh, for me, you know, uh, healthcare, financial um, situations. Kathy, you know, with law enforcement, the military, FBI. So we really bring a you know, wealth of ex experience to you. Today, emotions are at an incredibly heightened level, given the pandemic exhaustion, uh, stress in America, 
is at a heightened level. About 47% of us are experiencing anxiety, uh, 44% sadness, 39% angry. Um, so all these emotions land on the leader who somehow, they're not a therapist, they're not a counselor, somehow how do they navigate this with the people that they uh, lead? And we also know about the great resignation. And so this idea of retention and managing emotions is just so important in today's world, probably more so than ever before because everything is at a, at a heightened level. And we'll zero in on uh, more of that in regards to just the learning from now. We've, Kathy, we've been talking about in the past someone's gone postal, and I think now people can say, oh, you don't go Will Smith on me now. So I think it's going to be one of the new <laughs> catchphrases. Yeah. I, I, I hope we lose that one quickly because I think <laughs> prior to this incident, and I'm, I'm sure many of us uh, and those of you who are listening, you know, 75% of us feel that we could use more emotional support. And we don't know, we really don't know what goes on in the lives of people prior to their losing it, right? And, in fact, Gallup tells us uh, corporate engagement has been significantly reduced and uh, and disengagement altogether has increased to 16%. So, you know, where we were um, hitting some of these, you know, high records in November of, of 2021 with, you know, 4.5 million people walking off the job. We now have what's called the Great Resignation uh, here in 2022, and it's an incredibly challenging time for today. Let me ask those of you who are listening before we jump into uh, the name process and and some of the wonderful tools that Relly and I have to to share with you. How many of you are going to the grocery store or going to your favorite? shopping outlet, whatever that is, and you are absolutely astonished that you can't find the things that you've always been able to pull right off the shelf without even thinking about it. How many of you think about that? Uh, I went to the store the other day just to grab a few things, and I couldn't find any of them. And I went to three different outlets, you know, mainstream outlets, shopping outlets. And I mean, you know, I don't want to give away a bunch of branding here, but I'm talking about stores like like Target or Walmart uh, or TJ Maxx or, you know, Riley, I'm not sure if, if, you know, you've had this experience or your lovely wife Julie's had the experience, but let me tell you, I'm sure everybody who's listening here is shaking their head and just not being able to find the things uh, makes us so frustrated on top of right. what we're going to talk about today uh, and what you've already introduced. These incredibly challenging times for all of us, whether we are leaders of families, leaders of ourselves, or leaders of our teams or team members, we are in a huge heightened environment, and we're going to talk about how to manage that today. Yeah, Kath, I think it's a, a perfect time to zero in on all this. And I imagine you, you may experience this like I am. 
um, you know, every day I'm doing coaching with, you know, executive and leaders and, you know, a lot of uh, a variety of different organizations. Everybody is so busy. They're all working more. I'm having a, a, a lot more challenging time just getting their time. And then from the coaching standpoint, um, talking about what's most important. And I think what you just said, we're all so reactive. And so the idea of talking about uh, their own health, their own balance, their own performance, talking about how they're developing their team, how they're developing uh, individuals, they don't have time for. They are so into the task. And I think until they're in front of someone like you and I, Kat, that's what I'm telling some HR people, they don't have the time to think about this stuff. They're, it's the tyranny of the urgent and the task, and, and they're working more hours, and so there's less time for themselves and less time to really develop others. And so with our book, Emotional Brilliance, we're really trying to zero in on helping people not only uh, name their emotions, but can they tame it, so that name it to tame it. And what we know now these days uh, language not only um, names it, but it shapes our experience. So if you're walking around and, and you're at the high level, and you don't have much granularity about your emotions, and you say, oh, I'm stressed. Well, are you stressed or is it overwhelmed? Those are completely different. Or you talk to a coworker and they go, yeah, I'm so stressed. Well, are you stressed or are you disappointed? because now one of your coworkers is not there and you got more work to do or are you discouraged and they go oh, I'm so stressed you know at home I'm so stressed okay are you stressed or are you just feeling unsupported by your family or maybe at work these are all so different and unless we know the difference um, it shapes our experience so our goal oh, really is to help you get absolutely. to know your emotions better, how do you expand, improve, and select just the right ones for the right moment, and that's what we're really calling emotional brilliance. And to the point you're making, uh, Raleigh, I think those distinctions uh, that you just identified for our listeners, I'm sure that captivated them, because we abuse the English language. We misuse the English language. And so many of us become handicapped by our inability to distinguish between our, if you will, shades of emotion. And so right. hopefully in today's program, we'll get more granular on what we've been writing about in emotional brands, you know, living a stressless, fearless life, um, learning about with our clients and sharing our e-platform with them, uh, the Emotional Brands Academy, and bringing to light some of these, uh, if you will, distinctions that everybody can learn very quickly. This does not take a lot of effort. Uh, I know at some point everybody who's listening has tried to learn another language, even if it's understanding your children. <laughs> um Every generation has its slang, uh, learning how to use text or Twitter or Instagram. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to give you a shorthand, a way to get to that language of naming your emotions so that you don't have to ever face, I guess, what we're calling now is the Will Smith moment. 
Yes, yes. All right, well, so, Kat, let's, we'll explore a little bit. So for folks uh, who of the uh, 16 million people who maybe didn't see kind of what, what happened uh, on the Academy Awards, you know, it's the latest example of what we would call the amygdala hijacking. We'll kind of talk about what that is in just a moment. But in the Academy Awards, there was a, a shocking uh, slap where Chris Rock had made a joke and probably an off-color joke, which he's done probably thousands of times, you know, about Jada Pinkett Smith. And Will Smith, you know, initially in the audience um, was laughing. And then something happened. He looked at his wife and then, you know, in front of 16 million people, walked up on the stage. And Chris Rock, you know, who is a comedian and, and way skilled in improvisation, said, oh, here he comes. He's walking up here, not knowing what the heck was going on, and then got slapped. And then uh, by Will Smith, Will Smith walked back and, uh, and then twice swore at him about using his wife's name. And so that's what is called a hijack. And it got really popularized by Daniel Goleman in uh, 1995. But we all know this. It's an emotional reaction. And Kathy and I like to talk about this um, to our executives, that in the moment we've all done this, you may be the smart, uh, smartest person around, but you're losing IQ points to the tune of maybe a standard deviation, 15 IQ points, doing something that was so dumb. What was I thinking? Most of us weren't thinking at all. The logic gets suppressed by this tunnel vision, like we saw with Will Smith, this survival reaction of the amygdala. And that's the, the amygdala's job, is to shut down executive functioning and fight, flight, fear, or freeze. Now the four Fs. And uh, it also shuts down your memory. And we just make really dumb, stupid uh, responses. And it can happen. It has happened to all of us. Will Smith, probably in those 10 seconds. And uh, you look up in his legacy, and whether it's Wikipedia or wherever, you know, that'll be in the first uh, couple sentences. And he's not alone. Kathy, you and I have been talking about the amygdala hijack, you know, for, forever. Um, but now he's going to be the, the latest characterization of losing it. Yeah. And let, let's put this in context for for our audience, you know, if you think about the average number of thoughts that we have at any one point in the day, there's 36,000, 36,000. And believe it or not, of those 36,000, 25,000 are about food. Uh, what am I going to eat? When am I going to eat it? <laughs> right. Where do I go to get it? Right. And so that 10,000 that we have left uh, you know, is, is focused on things that may not even be relevant uh, to what's going on for us in the moment. And so if we're not paying attention to what we're doing, to who we're with, to what our emotions are sharing with us in that moment, then this devastating hijack is going to be easier and easier for us to succumb to. And so, really, I think, you know, it, it, as we talk about this, 
Um, one of the things that, that you have introduced on a number of occasions uh, about why, you know, why emotions matter uh, can easily be uh, looked at in a, in a couple of, of different ways. Um, we all know that the Yale Center uh, for Emotional Intelligence has published this uh, mood meter. And I would refer everybody uh, to take a look at the mood meter. And as you said, coming into the show, do you know the difference between stress and overwhelm, stress and disappointment, uh, stress and uh, unhappiness, uh, stress and uh, frustration? That was such a beautiful uh, and well-articulated distinction, really. But I don't think that we spend enough time in the education of our children, Mm -hmm. in the education of our high school students, uh, on the language of emotion. And I think if we can do one service today, one service to our audience, it's getting them to understand what happens, why emotions matter, and then what can we do with what happens in the moment that we can make a difference in the choices of emotional output that we choose to either engage in and demonstrate or ignore and go about a peaceful life, recognizing that, yes, we understand emotions, but we don't have to react to all of them in a way that puts us at risk. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, And that's why I think it's so important at this point, Kat, that we focus on, on this uh, and then help give some tools. So we've talked about this name in our Emotional Brilliance book. We basically have this as an acronym. And so and then maybe we'll use a little bit of the backdrop of someone in this experience that was emotionally brilliant, which was Chris Rock. And we're defining emotionally brilliant in the moment that you're saying, doing, pulling out your best strengths, beckon them forward to uh, be your best, be your top professional uh, in the moment. And like as Kathy says, everything happens in the moment. And so we are trying to help you have some tools, resources in the moment. So NAME stands for notice and name. Uh, that's the N, accept, manage, and express. And I'll quickly kind of walk you through that. So notice and name. You've heard us talk about it. You have to name it to tame it. It comes from Alcoholics Anonymous. Naming it gives some space to observe rather than being engulfed. Will Smith was engulfed with it. And if in the moment, he probably knew he was, you know, irate, angry. You know, I don't even know if you'd make those two distinctions. Um, but it allows you to step back just a little bit and maybe be more proactive than reactive. When you lose it, when the hijack, you are reactive. So notice and name. And the noticing it often is what's going on in your body, you know, and, and we, it, you're, feel something uh, like a scratchy stomach. Well, unless you're able to give a label to it, is that indigestion? Is that anxiety? Is that excitement? Those are all different, and this is us knowing us and how do you represent what's going on for you. So so really getting some of that um, knowledge about what you are experiencing 
And then we go to our brain and try to put a label on it and try to get, oh, I think I've experienced that before. This is where the learning is. I think that's my anxiety symptom. And so once you notice and name it, then I think the hardest of all these, cat, and I'll go through these and get your input, is the A, accept. How do you accept something and, given the grief, the yeah, loss? Yeah, before, you, before yeah. you jump into the A, uh, I'd love our audience uh, to think about ways that they can use this with their clients, uh, with their teams, uh, in whatever role they're playing uh, with their families, and, and perhaps suggest that we give everybody an opportunity to journal. Okay, but remember you just said, oh, what is this scratching in my stomach? Is it A or B or C? Well, if you don't keep a record of it, if you don't recognize it and be able to keep a little checkbook uh, of, of the kinds of emotions you're having, you're going to dump everything into one label. Yeah. Uh, as you said earlier, right, really, you're going to dump it into stress. You're going to dump it into anxiety. And that's, right, that's what we want to try to stretch our listener to understand. So that observation is so important and recognizing what kinds of emotions they might be by checking with the mood meter um, before we go on to A, I think is just such an, uh, an evaluative way, a little bit of a formula, a uh, way forward for, for our folks. Um, so they really get value out of our show today. And that's really our goal, right? We want to help people break free from uh, this automatic process, this autopilot that we experience. Right. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to emphasize yeah. how we can practice together. And I think, uh, to jump on, Kath, what you're saying, um, why it's so important, and we all know this, and especially you know the leaders who are listening to this, um, could be um, parents, stimulus and response. Most of us don't have a gap between stimulus and response. Even if you had two seconds, three seconds, four seconds between the stimulus, which is the emotional uh, experience you're having, and then what's your best response? So we're trying to get in that gap uh, of where your most choice happens, where the courage happens. Stephen Covey talked about that as the moment of courage. How do I want to respond? So part of it is naming it and labeling it, and then accepting it. And like I said Kat, earlier, and hear your experience, because I know we're both kind of dealing with different medical issues. Uh, people are dealing with loss you know, of, of other family members from COVID, their job. Um, you know, we're dealing with loss, thinking about what's going on in Ukraine. You know, it's... Uh, the emotions, we want to push them away. <clears throat> and the accept is, how do we accept what we don't want to accept? And maybe that's just leaning into it and acknowledging the pain, sharing the suffering that we have from kind of a Buddhist perspective that we all suffer, and maybe honoring the suffer, suffering. And the idea, once you can accept it, um, it dissipates some, doesn't take it away, 
but instead of us pushing away the feeling, we're embracing it. You know, embrace the suck is a term, cat we've used before. Um, And then I'll just say, you know, the rest of them then get your experience, cat. And then how do you manage thoughts and actions? And so we'll go through what we think maybe Chris Rock went through. So this is really now that you're in the proactive part, what are you thinking? You're in the proactive part. How are you acting to something that you maybe don't want or you're feeling? And then the E is, do you express it? Maybe, like Kat said, you said you write it in a journal. Or if you do express it or you want to express it, how do you express it? That's critical. There's skills. How do you express something? And you could saw what Will Smith did. He expressed it, but, you know, he did damage for the rest of his career. So it got out, but it got out in a in a undisciplined, reactive way. And then we talk about Chris Rock was in the exact same experience, and his reaction was more proactive, more disciplined. And if you're going to express it, you really do want to think about um, who do you say it to? Because often we may say it to our significant other, spouse, partner, your boss at work. Yes, we expressed it, but they didn't want to receive it. Well, that's often on us. Maybe we didn't say it right. Maybe we didn't even choose the right person. Maybe we didn't set it up so that they could hear it. So that name is Notice, Accept, Manage, Express. You know, Raleigh, as you're go ahead going and get through your this, response, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about the decision yeah, making. No, I'm I'm taking it all in, and I and I have to say, um, and many of you who are listeners know this about me, uh, and you know I, I'm a sharing person. Uh, so I uh, recently married a man who um, has spent his entire life dedicated to our special forces. Uh, and he is uh, a member of a, a very well-known team, uh, which I will not identify, but you can take a guess. And uh, when, when I think about how he has been trained and those people that I work with in law enforcement and special operations have been trained, uh, whether they are SWAT or FBI HRT or uh, Homeland ICE or tactical operators across DEA or ICE or Homeland, any of these organizations. One of the things, if you can imagine, is ask yourself, is it okay to feel? Yes, of course, it's okay to feel. But are you recognizing and understanding the right feelings that really took you to accept and honor and normalize those feelings before you make a choice how to manage them. Because as Riley and I have said to many of these wonderful people who save our lives every day, who put their lives on the line for us in foreign countries and on our, our own domestic soil to protect our national freedoms, if you don't manage your emotions, they will manage you. And you don't ever want to be in a position where you let them manage you. And I think it was, um, and I'm just going to quote here from uh, Anton Chekhov, um, right, 1860 to 1904. He was around a long time ago, but he said something very powerful. Man will become better when you show him what he is like. And I think if there's something we can do in today's show, 
which is to have you recognize what you like and how you can be better by using notice and normalize, accept, manage, and express. That's our goal for today. Well, thanks, Kat. I think we're going to go to our, our first break. And so you're listening to Leadership Development News. Come right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Business Channel. The pace of change in the world is increasing exponentially and shows no signs of slowing down. Leadership is evolving and requires more and more innovative leaders to keep up. Innovating Leadership, co-creating our future with Maureen Metcalf, features interviews with global business leaders, thought leaders, and academics in a wide range of industries. Proven concepts and tools may be applied to build your organization and deliver sustainable success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We are having a delightful conversation today, Dr. Ellie Nadler and myself, Kathy Greenberg, talking about our book, Emotional Brilliance, Living a Stressless, Fearless Life, and the name, N-A-M-E, tool that you can use anytime, anywhere to notice and normalize, accept, manage, and express how you're feeling. And Raleigh, as we get into our decision-making in the moment, and how that defines us, uh, and the importance of a, a pause to catch and redirect those emotions mm-hmm. in a way that allows us to survive that moment. Uh, I think you have done such a great job of articulating this in, in the Psychology Today blog, and I just want to say this as a disclaimer, okay, for our audience. This is not about the ethics of what happened between Chris Rock and Will Smith. We're not making ethical commentary here. We're talking about making sure that what defines you as a human being in today's extremely stressful environment is a hopeful way forward. And that's what we're trying to provide in today's show. So, Relly, as we get into a little bit more of catching ourselves, um, you know, all of us are going to have moments we're not too proud of. I know I have. 
Um, I know people that I work with have. And recovery is the most important aspect, which means decision-making in the moment that helps define you. Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think just the catchphrase of, of catch the catch phrase of catch and, and redirect is really in the moment. And so another way of saying this, and this is why we like the emotional intelligence model of awareness and management, and you go to our website, www.emotionalbrilliance.com, we have an ebook there, 11 Reasons Why You as a Leader Need Emotional Intelligence. Um, but what I like, Cat, uh, is the idea of awareness, responsibility, awareness, adjustment, awareness, regulation. There are two sides of the coin in the EI model, self-awareness, self-control. So the catch is, are you catching the signs, the symptoms of what's going on? That's where the awareness is. And then the redirect is the management. So in simple terms, in our name model, you got awareness and, and then the management so you can redirect it. And if we think about on the emotional brilliance side, Chris Rock stayed aware of the moment, and he said, oh, here comes Will Smith, or actually called him Richard, because he played Richard in a movie. Uh, and then he said, in awareness, Will Smith just just uh, smacked the blank out of me, totally aware of what was going on, and in the, in the moment, you know, actually saw that. And then he actually had a sense of putting it in perspective. He stepped back. Sometimes we talk about, you know, being that observer self. Can you see what's going on from the balcony? Here with 16 million people, Chris Rock was able to stay composed in the moment, to be brilliant in the moment. And then he said, this was the greatest night in TV history. So how did he even kind of be in the moment to do that? And then it's interesting that he said, was versus is. So he put it in perspective. He had the same experience as Will Smith, but look at the perspective of what he was able to draw. He was able to draw or beckon forward, how will this be positioned in uh, the future versus being overwhelmed by being slapped. And, you know, most of us are that normal reaction would be to fight back. I think talking about skills, talking about competencies. You know, he is a comedian, um, probably excellently skilled in improvisation. How many times has he been heckled when he's been at different shows and, and all that? And that's part of it. So he is able to be quick and emotionally intelligent, smart about his emotions, one of the working definitions we use, smart about his emotions in the moment and have the right response and even being able to kind of have some humor to it. So he was yeah, able to step back and observe and thought, see it from the balcony. Yeah, right. And that's exactly why people thought that uh, this was staged, you know, because he was so well adjusted as quickly as, uh, as he was. Uh, most people could not have bounce back that quickly behaviorally. Um, and so, you know, as you're describing this, hopefully our audience is taking into consideration those moments in their life when they forgot to pause before they acted or 
were they in a position observing what was going on? And were they able to, in fact, allow the uh, moment uh, to rest? Could they take a pause with someone at that moment and uh, allow that person to have a recovery uh, and a rational thought without having to intervene? You know, most of us don't do that, really. How many people probably were jumping up out of the audience to help? You know, Denzel Washington uh, was noted as as coming up to Will Smith uh, in right. support of getting him to calm down. You know, yep. uh, what he said is of little consequence to our, our listeners. It was more of a, you know, a religious uh, type of approach to the problem. But what he was doing was playing a leadership role at that moment as a third party who, as you said, was observing and right. was taking it in his uh, capable hands as somebody who was being thoughtful and rational to try to activate the feelings uh, of Will Smith to uh, act in a higher order uh, and not continue to be triggered. And so it, this affects all of us when it occurs. It doesn't just affect us right. uh, as the individual, right? Yeah, that's, I think... Uh, that's why we're trying to impart some tools. And so one of the, our favorite tools, I use this in coaching all the time, and imagine, uh, <clears throat> Kathy, you do also, because we want people to be aware in the moment. We want our leaders to be their best in the moment. And so this is why this is so critical. Um, what do you do in the moment? And if you can take a pause, so that's the catch, so that when you redirect, it's your best moment your best reaction, your best judgment, your best decision. So we have a tool called the Emotional Audit. And it's a series of five questions you can do in five to ten seconds while you're there. And um, it can orient you. It's, it's really a mindful presentness, and you do it in the gap. So the first one is, what am I thinking now? It's the metacognition, being uh, thinking about what you're thinking. And again, we don't know exactly what was going on with Chris Rock, but I'll just give an example. So what am I thinking? What the hell? Why did he just slap me? Okay, I'm sure he's thinking that. And then the second one, and again, bringing your knowledge, self-knowledge, is what am I feeling? Sometimes the meta-awareness. Are you aware of what you're aware of? And he, on some level, was uh, surprised, shocked and going, what the heck is going on here? So he's thinking that. He's surprised and shocked. Then the where do you put your attention? So this is a critical one. You know, the first two are data, data about your thoughts, data about your emotions. And then trying to bring in the executive functioning. What do I want to do now? What do I want now? And, again, maybe Chris Rock was saying, i got to stay professional. How do I handle this situation? Notice just the question. If you ask yourself a, a positive, proactive question, most likely you're going to get a positive, proactive answer. How do I best handle this situation? And then the trigger here, which uh, Will Smith didn't use, is the fourth question, is basically how am I getting in my way right now? The meta-awareness metacognition. 
if Chris, if Will Smith would have had that, as he st- stood up and started walking there, he could have caught himself. How am I getting in my way? He's like, what am I doing? He did not catch and redirect. He had a moment. He walked up to the stage. If he would have said, how am I getting in my way right now? He would have said, what am I doing? Why am I even doing this? You know, and for uh, Chris Rock could have been, how am I getting in my way? I could react to this and, you know, slap back or say something cutting. He cu- and he didn't do that. So what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What do I want? How am I getting in my way right now? And then the last one, with all that data, all that information, what do I need to do now to be my best right now? And again, it's where do I put my attention, the meta-attention. Chris Rock said, how do I use this? How do I tie this into my humor, into my hack, like I normally would with a heckler? And going with that term, beckoning, bring forward, it's not the first time he's been on stage and someone tried to, you know, heckle him. I mean, this is a lot more than that. So that emotional audit, we can all do five questions. What am I thinking? What am I feeling? There's going to be a pattern there when you're triggered. We'll talk about triggered in a minute. It's usually the same two or three things. You need to know those same two or three things. What do I want will be different in every situation. How am I getting in my way? Those, that's a pattern. You need to know that pattern, how you get in your way. So the last one is, what do, we need to, what do you need to do differently to be your best? That's the emotional audit. And, you know, Relly, here's, here's the, uh, the question. When I use this tool uh, with my coaching clients, <clears throat> here's the question that I pause on the most. What do you recognize about what you're doing when you're getting in your own way? What do you recognize is yeah. it a feeling you recognize? Is it an action that you recognize? There's something that occurs in each and every one of us when we are getting in our own way. And we feel it. We recognize it. We just don't seem to be able to stop it. And so this is where this exercise of the emotional audit in combination with the name process that helps us to become instantly Mm self-aware and to redirect that attention and self-manage, right, to the emotional intelligence piece, self-aware and self-manage. And that requires practice because what we need to do right now in that moment to be our best which was the fifth step in what you were just describing in the emotional audit, requires us to have the self-awareness and the Mm self-management to know when we have been triggered. And that's one of the hardest things for humankind to to really practice, recognize, and take action on. Yeah. And, and, uh, Kat, that's so good that, you know, for our audience, it's, these five questions, especially when we talk with executives, nobody wants to hear that they're working or they're reacting with less IQ points. Well, you ask yourself these five questions. When we've talked to neuroscience folks, you know, many of these are prefrontal cortex questions. It brings back, it turns back the light 
on executive functioning. When you're hijacked, the light has gone out. You don't have access to your IQ, you know, your smarts, you know, whether it's your IQ points or your EQ, emotional quotient points. You don't have access to it. And so asking these questions brings blood and oxygen to the prefrontal cortex, especially what do I want right now? Hmm, what do I want? You only have to think about that for a second or two, and that there's an inverse relationship between when you're hijacked, that amygdala, and the executive functioning. And these questions, and especially when we're all uh, overwhelmed, like Kathy and I were saying in the beginning of the show, even whether it's in your family, um, whether it's a coworker, could you ask these questions versus being reactive? Tell me a little bit more what's going on now. You know, what is it that you really want now? What's going to make this work for you now? When you ask these cognitive questions, their hijack, their emotional reaction lessens because now they're thinking versus being overwhelmed by feeling. So that's why these are so critical if you want to make good decisions, if you want to be your best. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Robert, ahead, I think guys. one of the things that uh, we can also leave our audience with are knowing our triggers uh, and what makes us reactive. Uh, in me, I can tell you right away, my triggers are safety. If mm. I feel, and I don't mean physically safe, I mean psychologically uh, safe. Yeah. If I don't understand who's in the room, what their expectations are, uh, perhaps what their rank is, what their role is, if I don't feel psychologically safe, I am going to get hijacked because I'm going to get triggered by something that somebody says that I misinterpret because we all have these uh, these bugs <laughs> that get under our skin. Yeah. And mine is that psychological safety. Uh, what are yours, Riley? Yeah, I would say one would be probably the stronger one is being unfairly criticized. You know, I'm always trying to do what's best, trying to create harmony. So if I feel Absolutely. unfairly criticized, that's one. Probably another one is yeah, right if I'm in the middle of something and feel in, someone interrupts me, they're not really a good listener. That really is another one. And then I end up saying, well, why am I talking if they're not even listening? Um, so those I have to really manage. But I think for yeah, our and, audience... And I just, let me, yeah, go ahead. I'm doing it right now on purpose. I just want to share with the audience something that Rally has taught me. So for all of all of you out there who have a Kathy in your life, right? <laughs> what Relly does to get me not to interrupt, which is beautiful, is uh, I'll ask him his opinion, and he'll say, you know, <laughs> only one of us can talk at a time. <laughs> so, well, right, you have to I, find that sweet spot with the people yeah, yeah. that you're trying to work with, right, that you're trying to bring the best out of. Yeah. And give them opportunities to understand when they are stepping on you, uh, and bringing humor to it has, you know, has been a wonderful way for you to introduce that in our relationship for the 16 years that we've been working. Right. Um, <laughs> let's talk. Well, like go back to some of these bugs uh, that get under people's skin, being criticized yeah, yeah. or ridiculed, or 
um, people seeming incompetent. You and I deal with this on a regular basis. Let's talk a little bit about some of those things as we try to give our audience some great examples to think of when they're looking at their emotional audit. Well, I think, uh, just a comment on what you were just saying, I think for you and I, it, it is to try to use the, that humor. Instead of the reactive part would be upset, and to be able to some, use some humor, and especially I have to know this as a pattern so I can think about when it happens again, I know what to do versus being in shock. Oh, I can't believe this is going on. And I, this is why knowing your triggers is so important so you can be proactive versus caught off guard. And... Um, I'll give you a, a good example um, of, a, of a trigger, and it's probably similar to uh, many of our people. This was an HR director uh, working with her, actually HR EVP, uh, Executive Vice President, working with the CEO. And she had a past um, partnership in a past company where she was truly valued as a partner. And the CEO would ask her questions, what do you think about that? And, they, and from HR, she had a lot of data. Well, this newer one wouldn't do that and would just kind of go off on his ideas and would use her kind of as a sounding board, but wouldn't get her, wouldn't ask her opinion, like you said, you know, something that I'll do. Um, and she would feel rejected over and over and over. And it was always this Friday meeting, her one-on-one at 10 o'clock. And she'd say, oh, and, and as we talked about this, for her to see that this was a trigger for her. And as we talked about it, that the, I would say, you think he's going to be any different Friday at 10 o'clock? No. The same thing's going to happen. He's not doing it intentionally. She needed to be aware of, okay, I could feel rejected again. And to catch it and redirect. And from a coaching standpoint, the redirect was, she, if it was really important, she would need to speak up and be assertive. That would be one thing. Uh, if it was really important or if it wasn't that important, she had to manage herself. Okay, he's the CEO. Let me kind of go off for a while, and then I'll uh, react or act. So that ability to catch it so that she wasn't af- being offended every time. And I think that's why the pattern is so important. I can't believe he's doing that again. Doesn't he value my opinion? How many times did she need to say that? before she saw that was a pattern. Nothing was changing on his side. It really needed change on her side. But And look, and look at that situation uh, from our audience standpoint. Um, everybody, if you ruminate on negative thoughts and feelings for you know, five to ten minutes, those chemicals are going to begin to degrade your brain's capacity such as your memory and your emotional regulation. And we know from having uh, great people on our show, uh, like Dr. Newberg, and I know you've been working with uh, uh, Dr. Waldman. Uh, Mark Waldman, they, they, Mark Waldman. We know that, you know, Newberg and Waldman, um, and we've had them on the show, uh, talk about this importance of the chemicals that are released. So you and I aren't just, you know, pulling this out of air. Uh, people can right. go look up the research. Um, and what I just want to get across to our audiences, we are organic, living, breathing human beings. And we can control 
what we allow into our lives as thoughts and feelings. And as Relly was just describing this beautiful experience of giving someone permission to do something with those negative thoughts and feelings, what I want everybody to take away from what we've been discussing today, hopefully, is the opportunity to recognize when you're having these thoughts and feelings, right. not yep. letting the brain take over and wash your entire body in these negative hormones and chemicals that degrade your ability to respond, to notice, yep. to accept manage and express them correctly uh and really i'd love for you to you know share whatever you think is is critical as we come to the end of the show today this is a lot of great information and i hope that people are taking notes and will share this show with people who really need it right now if you think about where we are in terms of world war health issues uh the great resignation uh, political divisiveness in the news, uh, gun violence. Uh, you, we could go on and on, right? A lot of stuff going on. Yep. And that's what we could all ruminate on that. And that's, Kat, uh, just to bring up what you're saying is so important. And I think just from the neuroscience, if we are in the loop, and this is that rumination loop, the worry, and it's the same thing over and over. It takes so much energy. Sometimes they call it the cognitive budget, which is a great way to describe it. And yeah. you are depleting your cognitive budget. So I imagine on some level, again, we don't know. We're just using this as a learning experience. But um, Will Smith was probably worrying about, you know, he was up for an Oscar. He won an Oscar for his role in King Richard. And I'm sure he's worrying about that. And is he going to get it? His acceptance speech and all that, what if I don't get it, how do I react? That's a lot of worry. That's a lot of rumination. It was a setup for him not having the cognitive budget, not having all his IQ points online. Many of them were, were turned off. And so that's why this is so uh, you know, important. And another way of saying this, and again, you know, we talked about earlier, uh, Kat, in the show about language, he gave away his power. He gave away his power to Chris Rock in that moment yeah. over over you know, a joke. We, and right, so we the all idea at some point in our lives, and we reflect on that. And the one thing that um, you know, as we come to close here, Relly, we can't give away our power without giving permission. And uh, one of the things that I think you and I are both now doing with each and every show is we're posting some of the ways you can engage with yourself in um, emotional brilliance. And so I would, I would ask our audience to make sure you go to our site uh, after each one of these shows. Uh, look for the goodness that's there for you. It's a bonus. It's free, like the 11 reasons why you need uh, emotional brilliance and um, all the other goodness that, that we provide in the Emotional Brilliance Academy. And I'll let you have the final word here, Raleigh. All right. Well, uh, thank you, Kat. Hopefully you got a couple tips and tools here. 
We talked about name. We talked about the emotional audit. There's plenty more on the platform, uh, emotional brands, as Kathy was saying. So thank you for tuning in to tune up your performance and pass on the word. We'll talk with you again next week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.